welcome to the Couch Chiefs podcast for another episode. This time we are recapping the Gateway Cup race and a little bit of Xfinity Series racing from Portland and a little bit of trucks, or I should say the Wreckfest of the trucks at Gateway. And then as well, maybe some uh, looking into picks for Sonoma as well towards the end of the episode. I'm Levi, the big uh, Byron fan here, and I got my buddy Austin as well here with me, who is coming off his huge Cole Custer win at Portland. Congratulations, bud. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Pepsi sprayed on my backyard. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, after the, um, after the victory, after I'm just shaking up to bits because it's been a while, so it's, it feels good for everything. Um, I was going to do the whole, you know, Stone Cold kind of thing, just take two drinks, clash them together, do the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of thing. Um, all I had was a Pepsi bottle I was drinking. I went outside, I opened it, swirled it like a normal victory lane kind of thing, and yeah, and then walked back inside and then got Chick fil A <laughs> afterwards. So I call it a good day. <laughs> all right. So if you ever want to know how to celebrate a win, uh, there's Austin's guide to celebrating a win at any time. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the uh, that's that's kind of the uh, your nerves is hitting the roof. Uh, that's the best thing you can go for kind of celebration. If you want a real celebration, just I, I got a I got a few buddies that I know that can help out with that. So, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 tell us. You hook us up with that, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be sure to uh, let them know. But anyway, yeah, no, a lot of activities off the weekend, off the NASCAR weekend. There, uh, truck race. Xfinity race, uh, anything you want to say about those besides the uh, Cole Custer win? Let's see, I could talk about the Cole Custer win for days, but <laughs> um, I think the more notable, well, I mean, the two notable ones that I, comes to mind for trucks and Xfinity, um, they're drama, really. Um, yeah. Hey, Deegan's nasty accident, which was due to Sanchez getting aggressive. I mean, that whole... That whole race right there for the trucks, um, it was fine within moments, but when they got it, like when they started getting aggressive, it, it was getting uh, hard hitting. So um, glad Haley's okay. Um, unfortunate what happened. Uh, that's that's the best I could say. Um, good for Grant yeah. winning. That's the best I could shout out. Portland, I'll admit, besides this cup race was the most entertaining race I've seen in a while, besides Cole Custer winning. Now, I know most of the people that listen that know that I'm a Cole Custer fan, you'd, you'd think, but I think overall I enjoyed the Portland race because of all the drama that it pursued. Creed versus Nemechek, Burton versus, or Jeb Burton versus uh, Chandler Smith. Um, I don't know if you, did you watch the Portland race? No, I just caught the highlights for that one, which even then, like, looking back at the highlights, like, man, I, I actually may go back and watch that one, rewatch that one. Oh, it was good. Like, all of it was good from the the first lap to the last one. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the race. Uh, Creed versus Nemechek was interesting. Um, so they were battling for stage two, and... John Hunter was being John Hunter, got aggressive, got in a Sheldon Creed, and spun him out in the final turn. Well, Cole got around Justin Allgaier, and as soon as he snuck up right behind John Hunter, he went to the or he went to the inside and was drag racing him down the front straightaway, and he got him by like an by maybe a thousandth of a second. I was shocked because I was like, I was like, come on, like I was. I, I had doubts when I was watching it, but as soon as he just got him, I was like, wow, he did it. He he did it. Like, he got through the stage, and um, then Creed retaliated back to John Hunter, which he did say over the radio he was going to get him. And I didn't – I called his bluff. I was like, no, nah, he's not going to do it. But then yet again, you never know with Creed, and Creed was a man of his word. He was like, all right spun them out and they were even they fist bumped after the race so that was good um then you had jeb burton and chandler smith uh they were having 
on track battles. They were going back and forth and um what cut the or what cut the tie was um Chandler Chandler spun out Jeb in a certain part of the racetrack, uh spun him out and Jeb didn't take too much uh of that. And so they had a talk on pit road. And now, mind you, Jeb Burton used to be part of Colleague. Uh, he did win for them at Talladega, so they have a bit of a history. What happened was, is um, after he got spun out, he didn't take a liking to it, so he went up to Chandler. They talked about it. Obviously, there's a, like a lot of hand pointing. So um, literally, they were like tourists. You're like, oh no, we should go that way. No, 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 we should go that way. You know, they were pointing all over the place. Yeah, um, sure. And they got to a boiling point to where hands were thrown. Now, who swung first? Um, this isn't the Han Solo or uh, what, Grado kind of ordeal? Like, who shot first? No, no, I was I trying to make a Star Wars reference. It wasn't I, really going that well. Yeah, yeah you, it dropped. It dropped. It I dropped like the uh, yeah, it dropped like the last Sky, uh, Skywalker's uh, whatever box rating or whatever it was called. I, I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Dude, botched Star Wars um, calls. It's great. Um, so Jeb started throwing hands, and uh, Chandler was obviously trying to get back. Um, Jeb missed most of his punches, and a crew member from Colleague uh, grabbed Jeb in a chokehold and pulled him away. Now, uh, in retrospective, that's not cool. Uh, by no means of the situation uh if you were trying to break up a fight uh 101 don't grab him by the chokehold it's that's not helping because you never know if the person may not take a liking to it and probably swing at you plus that's a risk so um got him in a chokehold and pulled him away from the fight and then he let him go and then jeb and uh, Chris Rice were talking, and Chris, Chris was the most calm. But you can you can understand his frustration because it's like, hey, you you were with us, but what you're doing right now is not cool. And uh, I applaud Chris of his um, of him trying to handle the situation. And then you just see Matt Colleague in the distance watching. <laughs> all of it like he is standing on the pit wall just watching and i'm like you're not gonna say anything not gonna do anything yeah that's cool nope but um other than that overall the portland race was good i loved it um obviously cole winning was definitely a big bonus um because it was just it's been a while it's been a year because he did win at auto club last year um with SS Greenlight, so um, it's been a minute, but it feels great. Uh, now this is just pretty much showing that uh, the competition is uh, getting ready for Cole's uh, big momentum. <laughs> we'll see, because, uh, no, absolutely a huge um, momentum shift could happen, but I also think that this is just a huge confidence booster. Uh, after Cole basically got demoted to Xfinity, you know, I know that probably killed his confidence. Like the way I look at it is I think it was really good for Cole because the cup ride, let's get real. Like if you look at Stuart Haas's cup series team right now, it's not good. Three out of the four drivers are right now sitting outside the top 20 in points. Now one of them just got the biggest fine in NASCAR history, uh, NASCAR cup series history. At least I'm not sure about the other series. But I'm pretty sure it's the biggest in NASCAR history. And you got, I mean, honestly, this was kind of a blessing in the skies to go back to the Xfinity series where he's back in his wheelhouse. Show Stort Haas, yes, I still have talent. Now you come off this big win here. Sure, of course, he didn't dominate the race. It wasn't one of those races, those Cole Custer type of domination races. But even then, a win's a win. And sometimes, like you saw with Blaney last week at the 600, you get that win, it can carry momentum. Blaney really had a lot of speed at Gateway. I think definitely he's going to be able to carry that momentum now. Maybe Custer's going to be able to do the same thing. I really hope so. But yeah, no, Portland, uh, from what I saw at least, very, very, a lot of uh, drama, a lot of action on track and off track. 
And um, the question I have from Portland is, is it worth, are we actually getting like our return on investment driving from like Charlotte, North Carolina or wherever these teams are at all the way to Portland and then to Sonoma and then back? Like, are we actually getting a return on this based on viewership, uh, people attending and all that? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, NASCAR really never comes out and says anything like that. that. Uh, we could probably check viewer ratings and see how it compares and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I think one team, I don't know if you heard this also, but I think one team had, um, I think it was Jeffrey Earnhardt's team, broke down. They had like two haulers break down on the way to Portland. I think they got some help, thankfully, up there. Um, but man, it's it's a haul to get up there. But at the same time, it did put on a good race. So I don't know. Are we actually, is this a good thing? Um, I mean, to, to add on what you were saying earlier about Cole, um, you know, it's not like that he, it's not like he didn't have a good car at all. Uh, overall, like he, he started in the back due to, I, I forgot what it was, like a tired, I, I don't think it was a tire change I, f- I forgot what it was that he went to the back for, but I mean, he was running lap times that even, I think, surpassed the leaders. He was at least running top three lap times, and um, obviously when you start in the back, uh, everybody knows it, whether it's uh, on a console game, PC game, whatever it is, uh, starting from the back is fun to go start passing cars, and uh, he definitely had one of the best cars of that weekend. Uh, sure, he wasn't like Sheldon Creed where he was holding up the field in order to lead every lap of uh, stage one. But for the most part, he he had a really strong car. Um, obviously, how things turned out was pretty much um, normal fashion if you're not really paying attention to Cole Custer that much. Um, Portland, I think in the in turn... I really do think, in my opinion, Portland's really good. Um, out of watching the two races, uh, the viewership and stuff like that, that's kind of mixed. I will find out in there. Um, I personally think we don't need to go to Portland after Charlotte. I feel like if we had like a week off, and then we'd head to Portland, then Sonoma. I feel like that would help out so much um, with the teams and stuff like that because of uh, the troubles that it had with Charlotte, with the rain delays and stuff like that, which uh, by like Monday night or Monday morning, they had to go to Portland. So it's it's a lot. Um just because the track has good racing doesn't mean that there's implications as you saw with, uh, Alpha prime racing and, uh, some other things. So, um, in an essence, it's kind of a 50, 50, it is a bit of a tightrope, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. those are my two sons. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, it put on a good race. It's just, you know, the, uh, with all the cost that the, it takes just to get out there, like, I'm just wondering, you know, are we actually getting like, are we making money off this or are we actually, you know, losing? But anyway, at the end of the day, you know, that's something for NASCAR to figure out, not us fans. But, oh, well, curious anyway. Well, um, that's, I think, all we got from the truck and Xfinity Series race. I will put in for the truck race as well. Definitely um, a lot of chaos in that race. There were definitely a lot of uh, a lot of wrecks and all that. But, yeah, no, thank, thank goodness uh, Haley Deegan's okay from her wreck as well getting punted by Nick Sanchez just the way gateway is shaped it's one of those tracks to where like it's flat and it's got really hard braking zones to where like yeah you could absolutely definitely get hurt there and we'll get into that a little bit later with somebody else who did actually um have an injury coming off that weekend so um yeah moving into the cup race so cup race started off Kyle Busch uh would win the pole uh for it Ryan Blaney off of coming up the 600 there, would start alongside him there. Uh, right off the bat, lap two, uh, Reddick gets turned around right as the race starts. And then right after that, uh, we get the lightning delay, which, oh, man, that, that took forever. Uh, so, yeah, the 24 hours of Gateway was underway at that point. And, uh, yeah, we um, had a long lightning delay, had to watch different interviews from Fox and all that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, stage one, basically, 
Um, Hendrick Motorsports would go through a lot of uh, struggles that whole race or that whole stage, basically. Byron was like the only really bright spot. Larson was in the back. Bowman was like 20th, I think, at best at one point. And Corey LaJoy, who was the big story basically behind this race, uh, was back there as well. And uh, one of the things that I think I did hear about what they were saying with Corey was that they did have like simulation issues, I think, heading into that race. So whatever they were running on the simulator, basically, they didn't get the right data or they weren't getting the data from the simulator, something like that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, which I kind of want to open up this to you, Austin, is like, does Corey maybe deserve a second chance? Like, is this the best way to say that Corey, you know, isn't ready for top tier equipment? You know, I saw like all the memes and all that's going around the equi- on the internet. Like the one time he gets a chance to get in top tier equipment and he doesn't do anything with it. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, I don't know if Gateway is the best track to really show that at. It's a tough track. HMS has just not really been known for doing well there. I don't know. Let me get. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it, it's really just a mixed uh, mix of a bag here because um, Corey does not have that much experience with. HMS. I mean, obviously, he has a lot of ties with Chevrolet, uh, especially with Spire. Um, I think he does deserve a second chance, in my opinion. Uh, it's just it was kind of a bad weekend overall um, for just his team alone with the nine car. Um, obviously, we saw how good Larson came back. Byron and Bowman were, you know, running solid. Um, so it's. It's it's really kind of a fifty fifty ordeal, and it's it's really nobody to blame. But other than he was just trying to do his best to, um, to run with what he had, you know. So um, obviously we know that the nine cars, the nine car has been having some problems this year, uh, both with the driver and the team. So it's it's safe to say it's it's just kind of a little bit mix of both but overall i think Corey did a really good job and uh even hosevar himself you know hosevar i was really surprised with carson hosevar this weekend um carson did everything right in a cup car sure he might have had some issues in practice but um but that's learning but he pretty much took a very calm approach and he did the best he can until that brake rotor blew at lap 16. Um, but other than that, Carson did everything right of what he needed to do. And uh, the interview was great afterwards. He he did everything right to present himself to say, hey, I'm serious when it comes to this. So that's going to throw out an offer to the table for next year. Um, so there could be... Obviously, there's seats opening up next year, whether it could be in Cup, whether it could be in Xfinity. Um, there's a lot that's on the table. So I think personally, um, overall, it's just it was just a rough r- weekend for Corey Joy, but I think this is definitely a um, doors opening for Ka- or I was going to say Kyle Larson. Don't know why, but uh, for Carson Hosvar, I think this is definitely a, a big opportunity for future rides absolutely because i mean the fact is it doesn't look good you know as for Corey, if anything whenever the ride that you were in is now outpacing you um which that was one of the things i was gonna you know bring up as well with carson hosevar is that like he ran inside the top 20 all the way up until like he had that brake rotor problem and it makes me wonder because i've seen zane smith now in the cup series he had a good ride or he had a good showing at i think it was charlotte last week um but yeah no him and host both have been kind of outstanding which kind of makes me think like are we going to see more truck drivers actually kind of get moved up from trucks to cup maybe in the future like are we going to actually see maybe a switch now into the like um the ladder system instead of being going from trucks to xfinity from xfinity to cup are we going to see maybe more of trucks to cup or you know maybe a mix of trucks and xfinity to cup i don't know i think personally it's it's a preference it really is but 
then yet again we we've seen how uh, moving up works in NASCAR. Sometimes you do go through the ranks like normal, like how it used to be to where you go to trucks, then Xfinity, then Cup, to where you're gaining this experience in order to make it to the big leagues. Um, obviously, we've seen that with people like uh, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, uh, Tyler Reddick, uh, and all these other guys that we've we've seen throughout the past that moved up from trucks, Xfinity, to Cub. So, I mean... I don't know if really jumping from trucks to cup is going to be the best solution. Um, just because you have one good race uh, in cup after, you know, due to circumstances like Carson Hosevar could be in the four car tomorrow. And sure, he has some, you know, he has truck experience, but that's not going to say like it's going to help him entirely. Uh, driving in a cup car for that whole season because there's just a lot to take in. Just because they're similar doesn't mean uh, you could be ready for those uh, bigger responsibilities. I think personally, um, if you're really wanting to learn, go to Xfinity because Xfinity, you not only showcase your talent, but there's a lot more to learn within those cars than you would ever learn from a cup car. Uh, just because you're there's more to learn and everything else like that. Plus the, you know, you're graduating from being immature to slowly becoming uh, mature going into the cup series. You know what I mean? So it's, it's building character. No, I definitely agree. I think the Xfinity series um, has always been kind of that um, has always been a good, like middle ground between trucks and cup. The problem is I think Xfinity does definitely show talent better than Trucks does. Absolutely. The problem is, though, is that I think now the Trucks, the way the Trucks handle or whatnot, are actually closer to what the Cup cars are like now. Now, again, I've just heard that from around the industry from like, you know, different podcasts and all that stuff. Do I actually know that firsthand? Absolutely not. But I will tell you this, though, whenever I see guys like Zane Smith, Carson Hosevar get in those cup cars and they do very well, it kind of, you know, or I should say, you know, they're definitely exceeding expectations. It does absolutely, you know, send up a flare saying, hey, maybe this is actually a good thing. Maybe the truck drivers can actually go up to cup and compete, you know, and just, you know, skip the Xfinity series. But the problem that kind of defeats that argument is take Josh Berry. He just went from Xfinity. Now he's probably going to be in the Cup Series next year. We don't, you know, we haven't heard anything confirmed yet. But, you know, whenever he actually started to drive the 9 and the 48, he was exceeding expectations as well. So I definitely think that, you know, the trucks and Xfinity, the ladder system, it still works. But I definitely think that, you know, different series shows different talents, maybe also different types of racing. Uh, truck racing has kind of turned more into like aero type of racing now. Uh, that's where you kind of learn your aero blocking, your aero, um, just aero racing in general to where like on the opposite side, Xfinity series kind of shows more of that mechanical racing to where like, you know, um, kind of what's underneath the car, getting it loose and getting it tight and all that stuff mechanical grip wise so definitely i think both series if you can run both series combined i think or not combined but you know move from trucks to xfinity then to cup i think you're better off but same time though i look at other drivers like kurt bush i think kurt actually went straight from trucks to cup and you see how good his career was i think greg biffle was the same way uh, so uh, no, because Greg Greg Biffle actually went through both series. He both he went, went through both. Okay. Yeah, but to also add to the fact too is that even then you look at uh, the past two um, Joe Gibbs drivers that are coming up through the ranks: Ty Gibbs and Sammy Smith. Sammy Smith has some trucks experience, but he doesn't have like full time trucks experience. Uh, Ty Gibbs has, I don't think has touched a truck ride no, he ever. Hasn't. He always been, he has only been in the Xfinity series. Um, that just shows to you that uh, with their talent, 
of how good they are, they just completely skip the truck series, and then you see what's happening to them now. Uh, Sammy Smith is still running good as always. Yeah, he's kind of having the uh, bumpy road aspect of it, but I think um, whether it could be by the end of the year or next year, he's going to have some more time within that seat, and I, I still think he's going to be okay. Uh, we saw eventually what happened to Ty Gibbs. Very aggressive. Last year, it was definitely showing who were the aggressive people in each series. Ross Chastain, I mean, still is now. Ty Gibbs, and not anymore as of now. And Carson Hussevar. So, it just shows to you that you can skip the truck series, go to Xfinity, and still be fine when you go to Cup. Like, you're not expected when you're going to Cup. It's not like what it was back in the day to where it's like when you move from Xfinity to Cup, like, results immediately, right now. In some aspects, it could be depending on the person. Now, uh, nowadays, it's just about getting good results. And by, like, maybe third year, maybe three years at most, if you don't have a really good result, then you're going to get booted to a different team. So, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a hand, it's just a handful of things to think about, really. When you're talking about, oh, what should we do with drivers, like, moving up, whether it's trucks, Xfinity, Cup, you know, all that kind of mess, because you're not going to be going from the Arca series straight to Cup, like, that's not going to happen. You're either picking one of two routes. You're either going the right way, which is trucks, then Xfinity, then Cup, or you're doing the hopscotch kind of thing to where it's either you're going to go to trucks, then go to Cup, or you're going to go to Xfinity, then go to Cup. So, yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way, right? Like, there's a couple drivers to where, like, I look at both series, Xfinity and trucks, and I say... I think some of them need to move up, and I, or I would say I would love to see them move up, right? So trucks. For me, there's a couple drivers that I think should move up, and I would love to see how they do in Xfinity, right? Maybe just a one-off race, uh, or actually maybe a full-time ride. I know for one, like the top of my list, after seeing what she did at Las Vegas, I got to say Haley Deegan. I would love to actually see her get like a full-time ride, or at least maybe like a half, half the schedule of the Xfinity series. Let her get in one of those rides. I think she can show something. Another one of those guys, Carson Hosevar. After seeing what he did in the cup race, I think as well, when he is in the right mindset, when he is not, you know, aggressive, trying to right hook somebody into a wall or anything like that, guy can actually race. He's a really good driver. I think if you actually, you know, if he has his head on straight, he could actually really do well in the Xfinity series um, as well. I think back whenever he was still in his prime, I would have loved to see Matt Crafton try the Xfinity series out a little bit. I don't know if he ever did. I don't remember off the top of my head. But there's a couple times where it's like, man, I would kind of like to see how um, he would do. Zane Smith absolutely would love to see what he could do in Xfinity series, right? It sounds like he's actually going to go from trucks to cup. He's going to take that route just because front row motorsports is kind of already like hanging on to him. But at the same time, we don't know. Uh, some other team no, may You never know. You really never uh, know. You never know. You never know. Uh, so maybe, if, you know, SHR, just saying. Uh, Ford, a little <laughs> bit of Ford. Yeah, a little bit of uh, Ford stuff going on there. Um, maybe, God, I'm trying to think who would be. I think that's it for me when it comes to truck drivers. Maybe. Um, Roads, maybe. Nah. I mean, oh, yeah, definitely Matty D. Matty D. I would just love to see what, like, what give him one off race in the Xfinity series, see what he does. I'd just be curious. But, like, Xfinity series wise, I think there's a couple drivers to where, like, should they go two trucks? I, uh, uh, I would say just the people that just need to go to Xfinity in general Haley Deegan, Zayden Smith. Uh, Carson Hosevar, and uh, I want to wait till after next year, but I want to say after next year, give Roger Carruth a chance. Yeah, um, 
I definitely think he's starting to show talent. Oh, I actually do have one here. Brett Moffitt. Brett Moffitt was really good in trucks. He did win a truck championship, I think. I, w- I would love to see him actually just go back down to trucks. I think he would be fine uh, there. He might just be one of those drivers that literally just needs to hang around in the trucks. Um, you know, I would love to see a full-time ride for Casgarala in the trucks. I think he could actually do Xfinity as well, but... Uh... Because I, I think there's a whole lot more for him in Xfinity than there is in trucks. Um, only because with Sam Hunt racing, I feel like I feel like they are finding something with Kaz, and I feel like if they give him another year, I think he'll they'll have something for him, I think. Cause I think Kaz is definitely one of those underappreciated drivers. Um he has won races, he is good at road courses. Um Obviously, Portland won really a good race because he got shuffled in the back and people were kind of beating and banging all over him back there. But yeah, it's just how it is. Some races, you'll just be stuck in the back. But yeah. Uh, so anyway, back to the cup race there. Um, I definitely think as well as what kind of what we were saying with all that, though, but Watch out for truck drivers maybe making more appearances in the Cup Series or whatever, just run off races or anything like that. Well, anyway, moving on, though, um, kind of hit some of the highlights since we spent a lot of time talking on, you know, the ladder system with NASCAR. Um, one thing I will say um, <laughs> is there was a lot of two-tire strategy with this race, which I don't know if you noticed that, Austin, especially with one driver, yeah. Dow. And uh, he got uh, he got melon manned uh, at some point, so... The Melon Man saga has not ended yet, or I don't think plans on ending yet. Um, which I saw this a lot this week. It's like with turn one. It wasn't just, really testing. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of. It's, a bit it's of just literally all the incidents that happened this weekend with the Austins, McDowell, and besides the brake failures, which we'll get into. Um. It's pretty much not being aware of your surroundings because literally everyone is trying to fight for real estate going into turn one, and Michael McDowell wasn't really paying attention. So I blame more on McDowell than Chastain. So Chastain, you get a pass this week uh, from me as of now until otherwise. And then for the Battle of the Austins, Austin Dillon, uh, pay attention where you're going or find a better spotter because that is on you not cinder block and that's it that that's all i got because oh, yeah no, i definitely gotta he's say gonna something make about me mad he's gonna make me think that austin dylan doesn't deserve to be in austin look well, i gotta tell you man like i was afraid of this when we started the whole penalty chain of right hooks now I was like, you know, it's going to start happening to where drivers are now going to start crying to NASCAR that, oh, he right hooked me. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, I, I figured it was going to start. And wouldn't you know, Mr. Silverspoon himself starts it. Uh, yeah, no. I, I really don't know why you would even try to, like, justify that being the right hook if you're Austin Dillon there. I mean, what do you gain from that? Nothing. 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 That's the thing. Like, you don't gain anything from getting Cendric penalized. Now, let's say, okay, now let's say if it was between William Byron and Ryan Blaney, right? Let's say, you know, same thing happens, but like instead, uh, Byron or whatever comes up into Blaney, gets right hooked, whatever, like that happens. Okay, sure, you have something to gain because if you can get somebody suspended that you're battling for the points championship with, absolutely, like... You could call some kind of drama, like, or, you know, try to get him suspended. Sure, that is absolutely, you know, like, <laughs> disrespectful, or uh, I wish I shouldn't say disrespectful, but it's like, um, definitely um, not right or whatever. But at the same time, if you could try to do anything to kind of help yourself in the competition wise, try it, go for it. But like, in this situation, he, Austin Dilla has nothing to gain. He has nothing to gain by doing this, um, by basically saying he was right hooked here. I hate to say it, bud, but Centric did nothing wrong. Like, you were just in a wrong place at the wrong time, battling for real estate. Guess what? You and Stenhouse basically go into the wall. Like, that's 
that's racing. So, of course, it had to come from Mr. Silverspoon himself, which I don't know. Do you have anything else to add on that, Austin? Uh, no, there, there was too much Austin for me there. <laughs> as much as I love my name, um, it, there was too much on the racetrack for me to handle. <laughs> there's, there's too much Austin versus Austin contact going on out there. I, I get that. But, yeah, um, I guess one of the things we'll move on to next since we're kind of running out of time here for this episode, but we're not at the end of it yet. Um, I definitely yes. do want to talk about uh, brake rotors being a problem. Um, I think it affected, it affected one of your favorite drivers, I know for sure, Austin, because whenever Austin or uh, whenever Hosevar blew his, it affected Briscoe. And then, uh, yeah, no, Gregson blew his into turn one. And man, he took a hard hit, kind of like his hit. He Austin did. 100 percent you can even hear within the interview too he said you know i i think at some point he said that he was trying to johnson it which he said johnson did it uh at like pocono and i'm like yeah he did but you know the outcome to that right like he was fine johnson was fine he didn't get a concussion from it but like you did um because when you look at most of the accidents that happened with the brake rotors. Uh Hosevar. Let's see who all broke broke a brake rotor. Um Hosevar, Reddick. Yep. We're near like we're in the wall. Um and it's just like the chunks of debris came out. Like when the brake rotor goes out and it just comes on the racetrack, like there's nothing you can do about it. I mean when Briscoe got you know, caught in it. It's like, what can you do? You can't really do anything about it. It's just bad luck. Um, but it's everyone stays near the wall, and then you look what happened with Gregson, and you know you're kind of out for a week or more. So I'll let you uh, kind of explain your two cents. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I just hate it for Gregson because, like, it sounded like he was looking forward. I know he's looking, especially forward to the off season. But you know, I know he was looking forward to going to Sonoma and trying to, you know, compete there. But it's one of those things to where I thought. So, for those that don't know, with Gregson's incident there, it sounds like he has con- concussion-like symptoms, uh, which means that Grant Enfinger is going to be uh, coming in and replacing him for Sonoma, uh, which I absolutely hate that for Gregson, but. It sounded like um, we had this whole, you know, concussion thing figured out or, you know, the impacts and all that. Evidently, we don't. Uh, there are still problems with the next-gen car when it comes to impacts. I mean, we even saw it. I think NASCAR put out on their uh, Instagram page as well this week showing the new front clips that they're going to start for uh, the Atlanta fall race uh, coming up later on because of Priest and Larson's incident. And now... Um, here we are with Gregson getting injured. It's like, man, not a good look with the next gen car because I'm telling you, if that would have happened at Pocono, oof. Uh, yeah, it would have been definitely, I think, some worse concussion like symptoms there for sure. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, like physical injury, you know, a bone broken or anything like that. I don't think the car is that bad, but. Definitely, probably some really nasty concussion-like symptoms there as well. So, going all to say this, though, yeah, the next-gen car definitely has some safety issues. Now, I will say, heading into, like, the next-gen car era or whatever, um, I expected when NASCAR said, you know, this is a complete reset of all the last six generations, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this car kind of a pass on some things just because, again, they're resetting the whole... Basically, they've reset everything that we've learned within the last six generations. We've kind of taken some of the things that we've learned, applied it to the next-gen car, but even then, the next-gen car is basically a reset of everything, right? And it has been a good reset in some areas. I definitely think the racing has definitely gotten better at mile and a half, for sure. Um, I have always been saying that the mile and a half you know, races need to be better pre-next-gen era, and guess what? Now they are, which I think is great. However... The short track package now is pretty lame. Uh, the super speedway one, it's good, but it's not great. I definitely think I like seeing the side-by-side stuff, but at the same time, you can't pass. You can't really do anything 
Um, you can't really make a third lane or anything like that. You can't get lines really moving um, or anything like that. Uh, let's see here. What else have we got? Road courses are good, but even then, like if you take it to the Roval, the Roval is pretty, yeah, there's no passing at the Roval. So it's just hit or miss whenever it comes to certain tracks. It's not very consistent along the way, even at mile and a half. So like Vegas was pretty ho-hum, but Charlotte was really good, right? So it's definitely got some like inconsistencies. But if I will say one thing I think with this next-gen car that definitely needs to be reworked with the eighth-generation one, it's got to be the safety. I don't know if it's the composite bodies. I don't know if it's the chassis. It sounds like to me it's a lot of the, you know, the framework of the chassis basically that's not giving enough but whatever it is it's got to be fixed i think with this next uh with this next car because the last thing you ever want to see is a driver basically have to sit out or his career literally get ended i mean that's what happened with kurt bush last season uh he has not i don't think he even still is clear uh to come back and race at all so Definitely stinks that we literally had somebody's career ended with this next-gen car, but also we still have now a concussion problem uh, with it for sure. But also, on top of that, with the next-gen car, um, (laughs) I almost need to go buy Harvick's crappy parts shirt because it's like, yeah, some of these parts with this car are not good. Um, Brake rotors, yeah, I mean, they work most of the time, but guess what? You take them to a place like Gateway where you have temperatures cooling off, heating back up and all that, they don't work so well. Definitely saw a lot of brake rotor problems uh, at Gateway. Definitely saw a lot of fire problems last season throughout the whole year. Like, there's a lot of different problems with this car because at the end of the day, I hate to say it, it's cheap. It's basically a cup car that's just cheaper. It's cheaper in every single way. And guess what? It really shows it sometimes in the racing product and when it comes to mechanical problems as well. So that's just kind of my view on it. Austin, you got anything else? Um, no, nah, I think you hit. I think you hit most of the points of that. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of stinks to see it, but at the end of the day, yeah. Um, next gen definitely needs some um, fixes in some areas. So yeah. Well, the only other big highlight thing I would say in this race um, was definitely Eric Jones' crew member. Um, hope everything is okay with him. He had to get taken on a stretcher. Uh, I think he ran into his own crew member from what I saw. Literally just, I think, got trucked by him. I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Uh, but, you know, hope everything is all right there. On top of that as well, uh, Denny Hamlin, his pit crew member, uh, one of his, I think it was the front tire changer, um, Basically took a part of like the air gun, I think it was, straight to the mouth, and he lost a couple teeth. Uh, had to get some stitches in as well. Um, so hopefully, you know, quick uh, recoveries for both those pit crew members. Absolute warriors out there on pit road, literally facing cars that are coming in at like 45 to whatever 50 miles per hour. Come down to like pit road, depending on the pit road speed limit for the week. And they are almost about to get like trucked by them each and every single you know time. And they practice that stuff for hours and hours on end. They work out and everything like that. So shout out to those guys. Um, hopefully quick recovery for the two, but also for pit crew members in general. So next week, uh, we head off to Sonoma. Xfinity Series is going to be racing there Saturday. Uh, Cup is going to be on there Sunday. Um, overall, Austin, who are you looking out for for Sonoma? Well, um, it's honestly hard to say. I I was kind of looking at a little bit of footage from last year uh, just to kind of get a good idea of what we're doing, plus um, also a little bit from the Coda race uh, to kind of just understand what to be prepared for because there is no stage cautions uh, because this will be the second race on the calendar year of... NASCAR, where there's no stage cautions unless uh, certain tracks or lower series like uh, Xfinity and trucks only because if the cup picker or the pickers are not with the team uh, that weekend, it's mostly what you're going to see at Portland. Um, So, I don't know. I would say Kyle Busch, uh, after his big momentum, he, he really had a solid race. Um, at Gateway last week, I think Kyle Busch is definitely one of the guys to take a look 
out for of his momentum as well. Um, you know, we said the same thing about Ryan Blaney going into Gateway. I feel like it's the same thing going in with Kyle. Kyle and RCR this year has been looking very strong. I feel like Kyle would be good. Uh, he has won at road courses before. Kyle finished second at the road course or at Coda earlier this year. So he finished second. So that's somewhat of a good direction to go into. So I think going into Sonoma, he has a good shot to win. Um, other guys I might be looking at, um, I'm kind of excluding track house. Cause I was going to say maybe Daniel Suarez could turn his luck around, uh, and just get going. Uh, kind of writing that off right now. I mean, he did win there last year, but again, that was kind of, I think due to pit strategy. And also, uh, the dominance of track house in their second year. Um, I, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch to be one of the ones to look out for. Tyler Reddick. Um, Chris Buescher will definitely be my underdog pick. Only because he did finish second last year. He's just very quietly consistent. Um, let's see. Who else would be a really good road course racer? Um. I would say Dace Elliott, but I, even then, I'm not quite sure. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna. I think with the safe three picks, I'm gonna go with Kyle Busch, Kyle Reddick, and Christopher Busher. Cool. Well, I gotta say, you did say his name. I gotta say it, Chase Elliott. I mean, back in um, 2021, especially, and then even in 22, like he was. Well, I should say, go all the way back to 2020, like just. And Chase his career, he's just known as the road course king, basically. But at the same time, watch out for Larson as well. Uh, both of those guys have been just kind of known at HMS to be, you know, the road course guys, even in 2021 when Larson won there at Sonoma. Um, so I would say definitely watch out for uh, Chase and Larson both. Uh, Chase finished eighth here last year, again, kind of due to a little bit of pit strategy, but I think he had a bunch of things happen to him in that race as well. Uh, Larson. If they can just bring the car and have just a good car front at the start of the race, that'd be amazing. Like these guys, I don't know why, but it seems like every single race, their car starts off just terrible, but then just gets better as the race finishes off. Don't know why. I would just love to see them just start a race good for once. That would be great. But again, if like they qualify in the back or, you know, if they're really struggling in practice or whatever and qualifying, yeah, I may. Once I write them off, but definitely they're going to be making a lot of changes to it and throwing stuff at the car. I would say as well, this may be kind of like a long shot, but watch out for Austin Cendrick. Cendrick has always been known uh, for kind of his road course racing, especially in the Xfinity series. But I got to tell you what, though, if, you know, if he catch it, if they catch that setup heading into this week, if they can get a little bit of like, Ryan Blaney's momentum somehow on their side or whatever from being a teammate of theirs, it'd be huge because Austin Cendrick needs a win. I think if he's going to probably get in the playoffs, but we'll see. Uh, and then I got to definitely say as well, though, there's a couple road course ringers I could choose for this last one, but I absolutely have to say, since you took Christopher Busher, I'm going to give a shout out to Michael McDowell. Uh, finished third here last year. I definitely think if they can as well hit on pit strategy, hit on setup, bring that car, get some good qualifying uh, in, I definitely think Michael McDowell could be a threat. Yeah, that's um, Michael McDowell would definitely be a good uh, underdog pick. Uh, now thinking about it now, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I mean, no, pretty good. Christopher Buescher's a good one as well. But I think, like, if I wanted somebody more consistently, I think that's somebody like that's consistently good at road courses week in and week out. I would take Michael McDowell. I mean, he even showed it at Gateway, which is kind of like it's not really a road course, but like it has like road course type corners, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So definitely, I think Michael McDowell is going to be somebody to kind of watch out for. And I don't know, Cindric again, like. His Cup Series career has kind of been weird. I mean, he hasn't really 
he's been quiet to me. Like I, you just never really hear all that much about him. And when you do, it's probably because either he got wrecked or he wrecked somebody. So eh, yeah, Cindric's career in cup has not been great so far, but if he can just get some momentum, I think at one of these road courses, which, you know, Sonoma is a good one. Uh, definitely for sure. Watch out. Uh, I think as well for this weekend, um, if you're going to be doing picks, uh, watch out for the qualifying order. Make sure you get somebody that I think is probably either going to be qualifying up towards the front, or I would maybe say watch out for somebody that could go on pit strategy. Uh, since we don't have stages or no stage breaks for this race, absolutely, I think there's going to probably be some strategy calls going into this race for sure. So watch out for those pit crews or those crew chiefs that like to throw Hail Marys because it could absolutely happen this week. So we'll or see. Or Hail Melons. Or Hail Melons, yep. I don't know how in the world Chastain will cut the track uh, this time around, but, you know, watch it out for him in turn 11, I would say. <laughs> you never know. He may figure out a way to wall ride the tire barriers. I don't know, but we'll see. But anyway, um, outside of that, kind of, I think, all we've got for this episode. Austin, have you got anything, any last words? Um, yeah, no. I, I got nothing other than I'm looking forward to uh, Sonoma this weekend, and this will be the last for Fox. And in yes. two <laughs> time, we get NBC, baby! <laughs> Oh, I, I could have gone off on the broadcast this episode, but I didn't want to. I wanted to actually focus on the racing. Kenny Wallace, good job at being at the broad, uh, up in the booth. I think he did a good job. But dead gummit in the Fox booth just, oh, they get on my nerves. Uh, this whole season is just, it's either we got to drop Fox out of the TV contract or we got to find some replacements up in that booth. I'm sorry, Mike joy. I love you, man, but your time is your, your prime is no longer with us. Boyer, somebody, somebody get Boyer like a five hour energy again, like get this man pepped up like he used to be uh, all the time. And then, uh, I don't know. I'm just waiting for NBC. Can we just, can we just skip to Nashville already? Can we just, Go and see the beautiful Ally 400 scheme and all that stuff. Like, oh, wait, we just, oh, well. Anyway, we thank you all for listening uh, to this episode for the Gateway Recap. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you for the Sonoma episode. So thanks for listening. Uh, you can also check out our Discord channel at discord.gg slash uh, podcast As well, if you want to, there is still a little bit of time to where you can join uh, the Couch Chiefs Race Picks League as well. Uh, the regular season pretty much ends, I think, all the way up until the Kansas Xfinity race is technically the last like uh, regular season race that's going to be run. But playoffs are going to start at Indianapolis Road Course, or, in, or uh, not Road Course, Indianapolis Raceway Park with the trucks. So make sure you get in before then because that's the only way you're going to be able to compete for a championship. Not going to have many playoff points heading in, but uh, you'll at least still be able to compete. Outside of that, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.